Welcome back to Late Night Lately, the Late Late Night Show podcast. I'm your host, Chad White. If you didn't know, this is the, um, I already did it, the Late Late Night Show podcast for the website, zplusguy.com. Like I just said, it's a website. Go there. Hey, listen, I thought it'd be great. I don't have anything prepared if I just did uh, the monologue. I got 12 things, 12 topics. So it's my Christmas gift to you. It's like when Michael J. and Colin Joe's trade jokes on a weekend update. Also, you ever notice how uh, I'm pretending like I didn't just record an intro? <laughs> Stop it and then restart recording. So this is all just for me and the ghosts. You ever notice how uh, the audience claps more for Colin Jost at the beginning there? Where he goes, I'm Michael Che, I'm Colin Jost. They start clapping immediately. They go, like, they're really into Colin Jost. I watch a lot of SNL. Old stuff, too. And uh, there's a lot of clapping for Colin Jost. You know, vanilla is a flavor. All right, let's move on. Let's go on to this monologue. A 17-year-old law clerk passes the California bar exam, and uh, unfortunately, wouldn't you know it, still didn't get him a date to prom. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. All right, <laughs> let's see. Uh, the special counsel in one of the Trump trials is going to use Trump's phone, President Trump's phone data at the trial, including texts and drafts of tweets. As unhinged as his uh, regular tweets were, the true social posts are, I can't imagine what a draft of a tweet. Like this like this man sits down and he's like, this isn't good enough. I'll save this one for Tuesday. <laughs> like he's like one of these uh, content creators getting ready to uh, post something. The only time I willingly use that word content. A former Mar-a-Lago employee who is now a witness in one of the Trump trials has been contacted, contacted, contacted excessively by Trump and his associates before the documents charges cases. And now what what does being contacted by them entail? Is it is it Trump and his people saying that they're willing to defend them or saying that he was a good employee? You're a good employee, Biden. I've I remember you. You were such a nice person to me. You helped me hide those papers. Like imagine going to trial you first of all imagine working for that guy and then doing what he says and then flipping on him and now having and now going to trial just to save your hide. There's no joke there. I'm just I'm just going there. Uh Rudy Giuliani uh, is being is being this is, I remember this is from last week. The defamation trial began in Georgia. Uh in Washington rather for the uh, Georgia poll workers defamation trial. Uh, where Rudy Giuliani was uh, saying that these two women were uh, hiding votes and stealing them. The women were seeking $43 million, and can you believe that Rudy, there's a guy with no teeth and the longest shorts in the world that are technically pants at this point. Do you think that guy has $43 million? I mean, if anything, if he did, why is it not going to his hair? Maybe it is all that, all that, it's a liquid gold. All that oil is dripping off from his hair. Tucker Carlson is said to be starting his own streaming service. And uh, uh, it's just called No Girls Allowed with a bow tie like that. Oh, an Ohio attorney was fired for pooping in a can of Pringles. And throwing it from his car, and which he called it a prank. And it's been estimated that he does this at least 
10 times a year. And you know what? It's still funnier than anything Mr. Beast does. No, no, he's funny. I, I should have said Jake Paul. That would have been funnier. I like Mr. Beast. I don't subscribe, but when I see it pop up, I go, let me, let me do a click. Subway announces a uh, foot-long chocolate chip cookie. And this one is actually made of real tuna. <laughs> I actually wrote that one. That's a good one. Uh, unfortunately, I have another, I have another, I have, I have another uh, tagline for that one. Subway announces a foot-long chocolate chip cookie. And uh, that tuna sandwich did not look like that going in. <laughs> Trump is selling pieces of his suit that he wore to his mugshot. Uh, speaking of desperate times, I mean, he needs to give some of that money here and just uh, back to Rudy Giuliani. Speaking of Trump, Trump is barred from the Colorado ballot from the Colorado presidential ballot for the 2024 election because of the insurrection, inciting the insurrection. And you know what? Uh, I think that is why Colorado legalized weed. They sobered up. They came to the census and said, this is what we need to do. Not a joke there. Ramas, Victor, uh, excuse me, Ramaswamy, is taking his name off the Colorado ballot in solidarity, which he had no chance of even being voted there in the first place. I mean, truly, he must be high himself if he thinks that was going to happen. And Rudy Giuliani now files for bankruptcy after the court says he has to pay the women in the election worker case $148 million. Now, I believe... That is higher than the $43 billion that was initially said that he had to pay. Rudy filing for bankruptcy at this time is bankruptcy protection, rather, is the one is a smart move for him. Dumb move for him because he has to pay them immediately. Uh, that's what the court said. Now he's trying to say that he's the poorest man in the world. And he was hawking. Uh, 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 pills, supplements, in order to make this money. Is there no low? Is there no low? He, I can't believe he used to be the uh, um, mayor of New York. He's lower than Pizza Rat. And finally, California is testing turning toilet tank water into drinking water. Uh, I mean, isn't that already what they do in? Let me name a city that people hate. San Diego? <laughs> Isn't that what they do in Calabasas? That was a monologue. It wasn't written, I know. All right, listen, let's get in Let's get in with this. Uh, there's... I just checked the battery of the iPad to the 22%. Again, this is the last two weeks. Cal Penn hosted The Daily Show. He's the last one coming up on next year, which I assume we're going to have a host... In, in January or February, they'll have an announcement. Stephen Colbert tells a story of his bursted appendix. Let me mute the computer. He was off for a couple of a couple of uh, weeks, COVID, and then he and then he for COVID, and then he burst his appendix. His appendix was bursting. It's a great story. I think you should check it out. It's one of the times he feels very genuine and not like he's forced to talk to uh, his black band leader. <laughs> 
Calpin then uh, sits down with Indian American voters to talk about which candidate they trust most. And there's uh, there's some people there that have some crazy ideas. I'll tell you that much. John Hamm talked about his experience going to the Sphere in um, Vegas. And you know what? He's a fan of you too. And also, this guy, John Hamm, I love him. I love him to death. He's such a look look he's just such a handsome guy on top of his beauty. He's a good actor. He's very funny. Uh Dua Lipa and Seth Meyers went day drinking. And uh it was so it was so great. And you know, there was a point when I was watching this segment. It's 16 minutes long. There's a point when I was watching it when I just thought, his poor wife and children. And then he is he said that at that point in the segment. He was like, kids, daddy's coming home. Which I thought was fun. Carmelo Anthony and the Kid Miro came to Late Night to discuss uh, their new podcast, 7 p.m. in Brooklyn. And uh, I just, I love the Kid Miro so much, and I think Carmelo's a a, a great basketball player. I don't know those personally. <laughs> but I think it's, but I, but if, you, if you've watched the podcast, or listened to it, rather, uh, you can watch it too, but if you listen to it, it is, it is an unlike, unlikely duo. I mean, Carmelo's got a lot of good analysis about basketball uh, as a player. And Miro's got a lot of good analysis as a fan. And, uh, and also Miro's just a funny person. So it's nice to see a very like mellow, mellow and like a very high, high strung uh, uh, kid Miro talking about sports. Anderson Cooper and Andy Cohen uh, stopped by to talk about uh, the, the, the New Year's Eve, New Year's Eve CNN show. That's always good. I don't know what I was trying to say. Amy Poehler was a last-minute guest on Late Night. They talked about it, and you know what? Seth and Amy are just such good friends that it does not even matter. She can come by any time. And Fred Armisen came by Late Night, and he sat in with the band, and uh, they did improvised things, and it was fantastic. Now, I do want to get to this. This comes from Deadline, written by Peter White. What the hell will happen in late night in 2024? As we know, late night is changing. Broadcast is struggling for viewers. All the things, all the views really that matter now come from uh, YouTube, from online, from TikTok, Twitter, all this stuff. Twitter, from TikTok. From TikTok and YouTube and everything in between. And even when listening to the uh, during the during the last part of the strike, the writers' strike, even listening to Strike Force Five and talking and with all those hosts talking about you know late night and their ambitions and stuff, it seemed like things were kind of all I feel like they're all over the place because there was a point where ratings really mattered. And right now, ratings kind of don't. I still get emails from trades talking about how Fallon won, you know, the 18 to 49 demographic or Kimmel's been good or, you know, whatever. We're having a game show come in at midnight. Uh, A redux of that show. That's coming in and replacing the late, late show. 
the uh, uh, we've got two two Paramount hosts stepped down: James Corden and Trevor Noah. Trevor Noah or Viacom, yeah, you know, yeah, Paramount and Viacom, whatever, TBS, who cares? Um, which, you know, for the Daily Show, that led to that show being up in the air as much as possible. We've had uh, uh, Roy Wood Jr. leave. Then they hire two people, two queer people. It's great. Did they hire three people? They hired two people, yeah, the Daily Show. Two correspondents. And now we have rotating guest hosts, which works sometimes, and there's other times. It's been a long time since it hasn't worked. I'll tell you that much. 80 Miles returned to the Tonight Show as the head writer, and they lost uh, the the other person left. That was uh, in October. Last week, Tonight's renewed at HBO through 2026. Who is this? Sorry, I just got a message. I don't know who this is. Oh. Okay. <laughs> uh, Samantha B is full. Frontal's gone. Deezus Amiro's gone. More or less for their thing. So where is late night right now? And Kimmel's going to be around, I believe, until 2025 to, to the very most. I don't know. Right now, there's, uh, even though we're getting Taylor Tomlinson hosting After Midnight over there on CBS, uh, it's still, we're still lacking women. Lily Singh lost her show. Z-Way's show was canceled. We're still lacking people of color. Lily Singh, Z-Way. Charlemagne, uh, the God. There were there were other shows like Tuning Out the News, a show which I did submit a packet for. Very true. It was over the pandemic when they were looking for colored writers. <laughs> but we've seen we've seen a, a scale back in terms of Paramount. We're getting after midnight, which is going to probably probably be cheap. And then there's also, yeah, I mean, again, Tisa Samiro and Z-Way were ended. NBC's uh, Amber Ruffin show on Peacock, that that came out swinging for a very long time, and then it then it went away, then it came back for a couple of weeks, and then it went away, then it came back on like a three monthly like a like a monthly trial for three months. The problem with John Stewart only did like six or seven episodes every season, but now. That show ended because John, uh, because uh, yeah, John Stewart wanted to criticize China, and Apple um, did not like that. Is there gonna? Is there room for? What I'm asking is there room for this genre to grow, to expand? Is there is there a point for it to expand? Do are we in a world where late night really doesn't matter? I mean, there's people like me who watch late night regularly. I guess their jobs, and it is it is something that you know you I, I grew up with. I think the Daily Show, late night, the Late Show, all this stuff should stick around for the most part because it is a good way to see comedy bits. 
in places where, you know, only SNL is kind of like the big thing. And that's only sometimes. Now people watch that stuff on YouTube. But you can you can have that you can have whatever's on television work in concert with uh the internet stuff. That's why Fallon and that's why Corden did so well. It's because they took, I mean, in Corden especially, they took this this hyper popular thing and uh, 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 medium, hyper popular medium, and they brought it to TV. I'm talking about internet stuff, and then they took it back to the internet. And then you can have, like, if you if your segment is good enough, like a closer look, like Colbert's Meanwhile, like a Fallon game, like a prank that Jimmy Kimmel does. Or even like the long story that uh, John Oliver does. If it's good enough, then it will find an audience. But you have to be willing to try and to and to make those mistakes. I one of one of the the bigger problems I have with late night is that while it's great to know that you're going to get three a closer looks a week, maybe we should spice things up. Like maybe like there should be room to spice things up and to make more mistakes. Budgets are a big thing. There's not that much money going to like I mean but in I mean but look at Conan there was never a lot of money going his way. He only had the Tonight Show for 6 months but between Late Night and Conan on TBS they didn't have a lot of stuff to to work with except for when you know he goes to Comic-Con. Or he's traveling. Then there's uh, SNL's gearing up for this 50th anniversary, which is coming up in 2025, I believe. Right? Yeah. I mean, is is SNL late night? I, I guess it is, but it feels like more sketch. Who would replace Lauren Michaels? I don't think that's a discussion right now. I don't think that should be a discussion right now. I think that's a last minute thing. Like a lot of SNL stuff, it's a last minute thing. But can can late night become a better version of what it is in a time where they're not gonna have a lot of money and they they're competing with Internet stuff because no one's staying up late and going. I have to see John Hamm on Jimmy Kimmel Live or on uh, Tonight Show. It just has to be part of the conversation. I look at look at John Oliver. I mean, you can you can say that because last week tonight only has one episode a week, and they only follow one story, and it's like well researched. Then that's why it does so well. But. I think you know last week tonight they're in the same category, but it does a lot different, a lot more different things than what Colbert does, and what Fallon does, and what The Daily Show does. And speaking of The Daily Show, it's 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 high time that they get a plan together, and they don't wait until January fourteenth to go. This is what what is going to happen. They should have happened months ago. I mean, it did, 
Hasan Minaj was supposed to take over, but you know, he ruined that for himself. I I don't I know, I feel I feel that in order for late night to change again, I th- I think it would just have to embrace stuff that it's not. The what was fascinating about the original iteration of At Midnight was that it was a bunch of people I mean, it came out at the perfect time. It was a bunch of people making jokes that were Twitter-esque for 20 20 or 22 minutes. And sometimes there were themed episodes, sometimes there weren't. And points didn't matter. And it was just great. It was just great fun. And yeah, the, the jokes were written ahead of time. Who cares? But it was fun to see Ron Funches and Paul Shear. And uh, I'll name a woman, Kate Micucci, just all up there doing jokes. And that was it. And that was the whole thing. I think in, a good starting point would be for, I know broadcast networks are ailing. I know those parent companies are ailing when it comes to money and advertisers and all this stuff. Let's not get caught up and bogged down in you're, let's let's say this. You're business people. You're not. You don't. You can't do what Colbert or what Kimmel does. You're business people. Business people should not have a hand in what what goes down. When I okay, so I'll, I'll say this. And now that I don't, I don't work there anymore, I can say this. But at CNN, the boots on the ground were above the executive producers, above the show directors were the people like the programming people like the programming directors all that stuff and those people would come in and they would constantly be on the phone with someone from new york going you can't do not do not break you 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 don't you have to go to break we've been we've been airing breaking news for the past two hours but you have to go to break there will be holding to money and to someone who is not in there doing the fight, you know, fighting the good fight. They were often the ones in charge of the money. And yeah, you have to have that business sense, but at some point, it's nice to go a little bit off the rails. You know, when, like I'll I'll go back to that that same not even it's not an analogy it's an example because it happened almost every single <laughs> week, every single day almost every single day at CNN. When there's breaking news like there's a war or something or there's uh you know God forbid a shooting. And then they don't go to break for or let's go to fires, <laughs> but they don't go to break for you know two hours or so or forty minutes or an hour however long, because you need to break like every seventeen or thirteen minutes or something like that. It was it was fascinating to see the especially on live television the anchors work, and then as much as I dislike the producers because uh, I do, as, <laughs> but like to see the producers work. But it was like fascinating to see the anchors work and then like lead a conversation for two and a half hours by only getting information from their ear, or because someone printed out something, which is a, still a thing, I guess, or put in the prompter. And and so if you can attribute that to late night and let them allow them to break from traditional things, like when 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 Jimmy Kimmel goes to Brooklyn, yeah, they're still doing the same format of the show, 
but it's in a different place and it's fun and it feels exciting and exotic. Or when uh, uh, Justin Bieber or someone from BTS or Megan Thee Stallion sits in with Jimmy Fallon for a week straight for four episodes, four or five episodes, and they're the guest every night or performing every night or co-hosting every night, that's fun. Mary-Kate and Ashley both hosted SNL an episode. They both hosted an episode. I want to see that again. I think it would be so fun if at the height of Parks and Rec, they just had an episode hosted by the cast of Parks and Rec. And I don't mean like everybody. I mean like if it was um, uh, uh, Adam, Amy, Aziz, Rashida, and uh, Nick Offerman. If it was those five people, because you know Chris Pratt wasn't the biggest yet. But then... They also had the entire cast there. So they had Jim O'Hare, Retta, Chris Pratt, and um, Aubrey Plaza. <laughs> but they had, but like they just, and, and then and not everybody was in every sketch. They just like popped in, you know? Oh, it's Amy Poehler and Aziz. Oh, it's, uh, it's Rashida and Chris. That would have been fantastic. But if we can break convention... If if it if it works, it works. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. We just we've done that. That's why Conan traveling going abroad that first time and then the second time. And then or Andy doing or traveling. That's why it worked, because it was so fun and funny. That's why Letterman on those episodes where th- where things went haywire when he sends someone to go downstairs to buy a pizza. That's why it, it's because it's different. And it's and it's enchanting and it's magic. All right, I've raved, ranted, and raved enough. Listen, if you like what you heard here, and you, and, uh, you want to see other things, go to YouTube. Excuse me, go to cpluscomedy.com where I talk to famous people. Just did Tony Shalhoub and Andy Breckman from Monk. Uh, you can also uh, watch a video version of this show as well as the other podcasts on YouTube.com/cpluscomedy. Other podcasts include the Constitutionals Podcast, the Business uh, Entertainment Business News Podcast, as well as LinkedIn Logs which is the um, job podcast. Uh, this show is going to go on a little hiatus until late night comes back. So there's that. Uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, at C plus comedy, me at Chad black, white. Uh, thank you for watching. Tell your friends and, uh, Oh, go watch the interviews on YouTube. You can see video versions of those interviews over on youtube.com slash we got a lot of stuff cooking news time will be back it's my own late night show we'll see you soon bye